episode of Market Overdrive. I am your host, Carla Mina, residential real estate broker with Compass. Yay me, I've made a change. And with me, my co-host, Nick Mamedi with what company? Island, I stay in one place. <laughs> this is actually my first move in like forever. I've never moved. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Made for you, you made a change. Welcome to another episode uh, with us as well, our co-host, uh, Graco Funes. Hey how guys, are you, how are you? Hey, remember, we're not supposed to announce our companies. We're, so not? we're not? No. Oh. We're not. Okay. Oh. I was just Let's making an rude. announcement that I well, made that's, a move. I mean, okay. we, I, I think what she's trying to do is basically say, this is our experience. This is where we work so you know that we really do this. Okay. That's all. all right. We're not here to champion our businesses or companies. We're just... Anyway, today on Market Overdrive, we're going to be talking to an amazing uh, woman who is an entrepreneur. She owns a furniture store, as well as uh, amazing talent who are transacting in the trenches. They're here in the studio with us. So lots of information. Um, According to our producer, we're going to be talking to David. Uh, He's going to be discussing ways to differentiate yourself from other real estate agents. And then El Consulado de Mexico will be here. Consul de Mexico. What information the community requests in the process of buying a home? (laughs) The Latino community. Why are you laughing, Nick? Because I have to uh, translate that. Because you that. just did that thing. I saw a comedy show. You just did that thing where, you know, a multilingual uh, TV ain't TV news person is like speaking in crystal clear <laughs> English, and then when they have to say one are Spanish you word, of my Spanish? it got really Spanish. And we today we'll have <laughs> it's like whoa, man! You have to pull it out like that. Can you please introduce the real beauty in the studio? Can somebody please introduce her? Go ahead. If I will. Yes, you can. Johanna Pada from Roy's Furniture is here with us today. Welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, Ooh, sexy voice. I yeah, like it. Seriously, what let was me put that? the screen down. What's up, Joanna? <laughs> we usually leave that for Graco. Hi, more. I'm Graco. <laughs> Joanna, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about Roy's Furniture and what you're doing. Uh, thank you, first of all, for having me. Um, a little bit about the store. Um, I run a furniture store in Lincoln Park um, by DePaul University. It is a uh, family-owned business, and it, it, we're known for our custom furniture and our great prices. Um, we've been around for over 40 years. Ooh, great prices is very important. Yes, we price to entice. We were just talking about this uh, in our green room, if you will. Most of your price points are a fraction compared to all the bigger giants in the industry. Uh, the way, the reason I reached out to Johanna, actually, there's a little story behind it. Um, there's always a story about Yeah, there's always things. a story There's always with a my story guest. behind something you're up to, man. Do share the story, Graco. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, can't, so, can't wait. <laughs> I came up with an idea on, obviously, a property that I'm uh, flipping in the United Center, or I'm sorry, uh, Ukrainian Village, and I wanted to have that property showcased with some furniture. But I wanted to reach out to local businesses because here on Market Overdrive, what we're doing now is bringing as many local businesses in the area to showcase themselves on air with us and talk about their their realm because in the end, everything comes back to the real estate game. So I happen to reach, I'm actually a client of yours. Back in 2002, we purchased a big sectional microfiber back then. <laughs> Very um, nice. And Carla had dropped Royce Furniture because they are uh, in the link in the Lakeview area, so I reached out to you cold call, and along with a couple other companies, I gotta say, <laughs> but you were the first one that really engaged and wanted to collaborate on that level. So I thank you for helping, you know, with the furnishing and the design of this project that we just completed. Everybody seems to love the furniture. I wanted to have you on air with us to talk a little bit about Roy's and what makes you different from the other competitors out in the industry and how you can help our real estate community with the products that you guys offer because you do have a big design team. 
right? Yes, we do have a big design team. Um, actually, we are getting into more real estate and helping realtors uh, furnish homes and stage so then their clients can actually vid- visualize what the home will look like. You know, um, sometimes it could be overwhelming for someone to buy a new condo or home and try to figure out what goes in there. So once it's there, usually people are like, I want it like this. So it goes hand in hand, the realtors with my furniture store. So another thing is I love to collaborate with people locally um, because we are a hidden gem. We are mostly known from referrals or people that are returning customers, you know, like yourself. Um, What makes us stick out like against the big box stores is uh, we're more custom. So we don't have like, this is in stock, only two colors. We have over 500 fabrics for you to choose from. And just to give you an idea uh, for a sofa, it starts at six ninety nine, and it takes about six to eight weeks to come in. So really not that long for something that's custom and yours, what you want. And, um, Yeah, so that's really a little bit about the store, how we run. And I travel all over the world to get unique pieces as well. So you you will see there's pieces that you won't see um, in other stores as well. Um, So your niche, essentially, versus going to the big box stores to do this is that you're going to have a different selection? Because I think what people do is jump online and they see the same thing over and over again, just re-tagged, restored. But you have different stuff. Yes, we do. And a price and, point. And a much the, better price, price point. Yeah, price yes, point's good. Yes, we have a lot of people that mm. shop around uh, to our, with our competitors, and they always come back, and they're like, the, I, I just can't beat the price. And not only that, uh, I shop for things that are made in the U.S., so everything is all solid wood. It's not you know, from overseas, so the quality... Um, is definitely there, and you can see it, especially from the people that cr- like cross shop us. They're just amazed by our product, and they're like, well, "I wish I would have known about you guys before." So that is something that we kind of struggle with, you know, because we do put ourselves out there. That's why I love to work with uh, other local companies. So, out of curiosity, I just want to ask one quick question and let Carla jump in here. You stage homes, you, like you said earlier. You have a great relationship with realtors. There's a synergy there. You stage homes quite often. Yes. How often? I just want to know how often do houses actually like? Do, does the furniture go right there at the staging? Because it has to happen for furniture to st- uh, stay in. in yeah, the- like people moving. Like I saw the, the project that Grocco's working on, and the, the one that you, the one that you staged, and it looked great. I would have bought it just the way it is. <laughs> Thank you, know? you. You're asking so, how often do people buy the furniture? Just walk in and say this is amazing. You guys, yeah. like, I want it exactly the way it is because I'm um, one of those people that would do that. Yes, like, I don't want to deal with the headache. We had that with. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Elevate Building in Lincoln Park. Uh, we did a couple of their model units, and we had lots of renters there. They're like, mm. we want it just as is. Came in and then bought it. Literally, we're right across the street, so that just worked out very well. Well, let's talk a little bit about design. What are the colors and trends that you're seeing now for this 2019 spring market? So for 2019, uh, the colors are the pink. So really? it's very exciting for us females. Yeah. Right up your alley, Lots Charlotte. of <laughs> peaches, corals, blushes, pink. I love so. coral and peach. I'm sorry that you have no... <laughs> you're the salmon queen. It's like the queen. vintage colors, right? I love that. Yes, I'm really Elegant excited. Hair. 
And I actually, uh, obviously, you know, being in design, my house is always changing. So um, thankfully, my husband did not put up a fight with the pink pillows, the fuzzy pillows that came into the living room. We have the whole gray, navy blue, you know, color that um, it's been it's still trending. But, you know, every time I know the color of the year. I like to switch things up a little bit in the house. That's awesome. Your <laughs> furniture is actually really functional, but it also is very, like, it's elegant. Um, I love that big, deep couch. I seriously, it's like one of the most comfortable couches, and the fabric itself is very soft. Um, but you, it's a lounging couch, but you made it seem very elegant with the way you position it in the space. So thank yes. you so much for that. Yeah. How can we find you? How can we find Roy's Furniture? And Roy, where can we? Roy's Furniture in Lincoln Park. Uh, shoproysfurniture.com. Um we are on Fullerton and Sheffield by DePaul. All right, Johanna, thank you for coming thank in. Thank you so much we for having your me. Thank you, thank you love. Yes. Amazing job. <laughs> Thanks. So, Nick, how's the market mm-hmm. treating you this spring? How's it treating me? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's definitely busier. It's really There's busy. There's no, you know, I think that all this talk about a reset, it's the first month out of the gate, what we call the busier months, it looks normal to me. So I'm curious to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, because everybody was thinking about this adjustment and pricing and all that jazz, but it seems it's, like the right priced the end, inventory is going to, it's flying off the market. At the end of the day, the sales, when the data is done, you'll know the truth. Was it or was it not a correction of any sort? But from looking at the amount of leads and potential prospects and people calling in, it seems like it's just as busy, if not busier than ever. I don't see the difference yet. That doesn't mean they're going to actually go out there and do something, but I mean, the volume of calls of interest is normal. Well, if you're shopping in the Chicago market, it's still very difficult to find inventory. So there's all that pent-up demand. Um, A lot of people are looking for turnkey products, so properties that have been rehabbed or at least updated. So if you're a seller who's sitting in the uh, sidelines and doesn't know what to do, if you have that kind of product, it's not going to sit in the market because there's a ton of demand for that. And especially multi-unit property, it is everybody's raving about it. Everyone wants to get into a multi-unit. So don't um, take advantage of the opportunity to bring the property on the market. And if you were sitting in fourth quarter and you couldn't sell, maybe there's time for you to contact Joanna and have her come in and give you a consultation so you know how to rearrange your furniture, maybe add some new pieces. And remember, you can always sell them with the uh, include them in the sale so that it uh, entices your buyers. Um, so Graco, please go ahead and introduce your new guests. These gentlemen, the Downey brothers, are here. Hey, thank you for coming in the studio, guys. Man, thank you for having us. Yes. Please introduce yourselves it's and tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you guys are wrapped up into the real estate market. Okay, well, you guys uh, have a deep resume, so make sure you hit on all those points. Okay, <laughs> wow, yeah. Don't the Downey uh, brothers uh, sound uh, like they're here to collect? <laughs> 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 We're the Downey brothers, and you owe Mister Biggs five large. <laughs> Pay up now. We are definitely. We are nice to our tenants. I just want to say that we yeah. are. We are. We, we are. are not. We had a side conversation <laughs> in, the, in the back room, and I was like, you know, I don't know about Nick being a landlord, but okay. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Nick because he loves it's to talk fair. about himself. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about you. Well, I'm Anton Downing, and I'm Anthony Downing, yeah, and we're the Downing Twins from the uh, TV show Double Down that aired on uh, HGTV. Yes, and we're also uh, firefighters. I'm a Chicago firefighter on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, I'm a firefighter on Engine 16 in Dalton, which is the south suburb of Chicago. Oh, Carla, you know Thank you for your Dalton. services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. it's, and, um, and, and we also uh, buy and renovate and sell properties we hold apartment buildings we we sell single-family homes in dalton 
all of our properties are in Chicago. They're all in Chicago, all in and we limits. also have property in Bahamas. So we have uh, we right. actually hey, we, tell me more Bahamas. About the Bahamas yeah, property. we actually that's, <laughs> that's actually our newest what are we project. Doing wrong, Nick? Yeah. So if you if people go to our social media, they'll actually see um, the the two unit. Um, uh, building that we're uh, yeah, we apartment have, building that we're building we right now. We have joining townhouses. There, two bedroom, two and a half bath each. Right. Both of them. We're actually building three on that lot. So Let, slow down. Let's rewind a little oh, bit. Okay. You guys are jumping <laughs> way too far. You know. So my question, I think people want to know, is yeah. I'm assuming the firefighter thing started first. Yes. Before right. you got in the property. That was in 2009. How does twin brothers decide? Man, I'm tired of dealing burning buildings, or at least let's try something. That also. <laughs> Like where do you just? I just want to get in property flipping. How's it happen? They got a lot of downtime. I mean, it, it, it's yeah, it's true. It's part. It's part of. It's a family thing, though. You know. Okay. Our, our mother, she had two jobs at one time. At one point, which is most of our stories, right? right. And it, she got a two bedroom, one bath as a rental income, and she was able to quit her second job. So we saw that as as in when we were in junior high, right? So it's it's one of those things where oh if you see your parents do it then you're gonna you're gonna do it right 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 and then um once we, well we joined the fire department in 2009 so mm-hmm. you know we're 10 years in in that and then our cousin he's also a firefighter and he started buying uh, multi units and so at first mm-hmm. we had just bought a single family I bought a condo he bought his first multi unit yeah three then, flat and then it just led to another and to another and to and another. another you start to right. get confidence now once you've done it one time right. a lot of people are afraid in the beginning to buy sure. any property right but then once yeah. you do it and you're successful at it then it's like okay what's the next challenge and we just mm-hmm. kind of built from there and then we worked together we had, i had an automatic partner built in yeah you know? built in <laughs> yeah so it's who like does oh. the construction of it or the rehab <laughs> the actual labor work we work with our contractors. Why are you always trying to divide mm-hmm. and conquer everybody? Which one, which, <laughs> one of you two, which one of you two does the work and the other one watches? Who's the one who collects he, the checks? He you know? swear he does all the design and colors and all this type of stuff, man. It's not true. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. Hey, you got to call I Joanna. I do come up with stuff as well. Yeah. No, but yeah, we, we definitely, um, I mean, we hire contractors to do some of the specific work, you know, mm-hmm. right. electrical, plumbing, right. things of that nature. But we also get right in there when it's demo time or if there's yeah. if there's anything, even painting, we've, we've painted entire uh, apartments for yeah. ourselves if we have to just to save mm-hmm. time or money or well, well, quite frankly the reason why I asked that question wasn't just to be comical about it but because you mentioned that your mom was a single mom and then she was able to quit her second job and I see a lot of people mm-hmm. struggling financially they're always you know buying into these um, I don't know pyramid schemes or pyramid kind of businesses that women do they sell cosmetics and it right. ends up nowhere right and right. so you're paying these membership fees in some cases they're about $1,500 to $2,500 because eventually you're going to get a car mm-hmm. um, but I always say shift that thought process right and buy multi-unit property so that you can collect the residual income and you right. can have that uh, ex- I call them companies you're actually buying a company which is the address of the property mm-hmm. and you're collecting rent and you're managing those clients who are your tenants so true but so I love the, I, I love asking you like who does the work because a lot of people make an assumption that it's going to take a lot of work and you have to do the construction I mean you're you guys are tenure investors and you don't do the work yourself right. so can you expand a little bit on managing and, and contractors I, think, I really do think that the daunting thing for a lot of people that that want to get in but are scared to get in it's like oh collecting rent landscaping do I have to do the shoveling we're willing to pay the extra five or seven percent to have a property manager you have a realtor you have a property manager you have a lawyer that they, they do all of these things you just develop your team so you're using them the same people over and over again right and you, it's delegation I mean if you're a good leader you know how to delegate to professionals that can 
take care of different aspects that you're not confident in or you don't have the time well, uh, see, to do that, which I, gives, allows us more time for us to go find more property and to get other Do what you're great at, right? I, I, I delegate. I love that advice. A, you guys have an advantage because there's two of you. Right. <laughs> and I don't mean that by just labor, like, but mm, sometimes it's fun to do some of this stuff. If you mm-hmm. can save some money and you actually enjoy something, like there's certain things I like to do. Like I actually really enjoy laying tiles. Like people don't know this about me, but I'm really, I'm really good at laying tiles. Right. right? Okay. So. He's um, high. When was the last time you laid tiles? <laughs> Probably like last week. Anyway, <laughs> if someone needs their tiles laid, just let me know. I'll do it. But no, the reality is like I doubt you're. I have twin sisters. Yeah. Okay. And they okay. are identical. Actually, even more identical than you guys. And right. I've seen them growing up my whole life. They do everything together. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is. There's some parts of a renovation that, of course, you're not an electrician. You got to call one. Mm-hmm. You might not be really good at plumbing. You got to call somebody. But if you can save money and improve profitability, and let's face it, have some good downtime together, and you know, shoot the whatever, and and, yeah. and have a couple beers while you're finishing some little details that you don't have to hire somebody. Right. right. It all goes back into the pocketbook. It all. It's just. It's. It's a great story. Well, we were doing debris removal. Look, I got off duty from That's the firehouse I mean, I, this morning. My cousin did too. We met at the at a property in South Shore, six unit building. Right. And I, and we were doing debris removal out of that property. And then next week we're probably going to go in there and help and help them paint. You know, the units to save time to save money. So where we can, we will. And then when we can't, we delegate. Yeah. All right. See, and I, go ahead. Sorry. sorry, guys. Tell us one thing a little bit about what you guys are doing to give back to the community. We were talking about that in the green room a little while ago. Well, what I think one thing that that um, I did not realize we were going to be doing is creating jobs because yeah. we created, you know, for the the guy You're who comes in for the, the money, paint, the, 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 removal, the plumber, sure. the electrician. We've just we hire seven or eight <clears throat> people on one project. People who. Uh, contractors that now are in our Rolodex and we're like, oh, we got a new project or they're constantly coming back to us saying, hey, you have some more work for us. So that's one way that that we're able to get back. The other way, too, is that curb appeal, raising the property value, making a place nicer, taking a boarded up house that children are walking past to their neighborhood school and they Mm -hmm. no longer have to go past that, that, um, you know, terrible looking house. You know what? Right. I recently did an interview with Chicago Sun-Times, and they asked me, what are your thoughts about the vacant lots in some of these areas? And I, particularly in the south side of Chicago, there's mm. some vacant lots. Um, as you know, some of the properties that were abandoned back in the recession, and then the city came in and tore, tore them down mm-hmm. um, because there was people who were, like, hanging out there and selling drugs, and some of the families didn't want their children passing through these or passing by these vacant properties. Right. So what do you think of now about the vacant lots in some of our south side neighborhoods? Perfect example of this, like, yeah. wait, a lot of times when we see uh, like terrible looking vacant lots, mm-hmm. we, we were like waiting for mm-hmm. somebody else to do something about it. I didn't wait when I saw it right across the street. This is when I, ha- I had a house in Bronzeville. If people are familiar, South Side. And when it had a vacant, it was a vacant lot and it had a, a car that was just left there with shattered windows and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. And it was there for like three days. I'm like, how did it even get there? And I went to the Alderman's office, told him what was going on, told the Alderman what was going on. She said she would uh, get the car removed. But then the lot was still there looking terrible. So then what I did is I said, you know what? People are doing community gardens. I went to Home Depot, talked to the general manager. Then I we went to the, the fire department, involved. to the police department for uh, CAPS. Um, and then I went to all the neighbors and put posters on, on the walls everywhere. I had the whole neighborhood come out for a weekend and Home Depot. They have money put aside for right. for these mm-hmm. gardens and Lowe's does, too. 
And then they came out and gave us employees for eight for eight wow. hours, and we and we just beautified that entire lot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's the energy that we this across the city. Whatever right. neighborhood you're in in I Chicago, you can do this man. too. You can organize and get it together. We did it. You can do it too. Right. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I love it. That's I mean, a cool story. That's really good about giving back and definitely taking it to the next level. Not just financial gains, but also beautifying the neighborhood that you're truly working in. So, um, mm. can you tell our audience what is the acquisition cost, or what is your entry level when it comes to investing in this area? I think in, in this area, you just talking about the total amount. You talking about the total amount from? No, because you're 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 saying you bought it. You're looking at you saw a six unit building, right? In the south in South Shore, is that where you were looking? Your six unit building. Oh, the one is the, the, well, that our cousins, our cousin's do. doing right now. Okay, but see, like yeah. if I were to start and be an investor, what would I? How much money do I need to start? Okay, if we if we're talking about like a hard money loan, it'd be like twenty five percent of the the property. So if let's say the property's two hundred thousand, making an easy number, which you which would be a reasonable number in in a lot of parts of the South Side, then it'll be like fifty percent. Now not not I mean fifty thousand dollars, but people that are listening to us. Don't get scared. Like, oh, I don't I only got five thousand. That's okay. You can't get partners. I have a partner sitting right next to me. Yeah. Or people can start off by, you know, some people don't know this. When you buy a, a single family home, you can actually buy up to four units at three and a half percent down on the FHA loan. Right. How do we know? We did it a couple times. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm talking about right. I, I bought a four unit and I came to closing with five thousand dollars. Well, less than five, that like four thousand, four thousand something. Yeah, and I got a four, the cash flows eighteen hundred dollars a month. Love it. Okay, so like in two in like two months, two and a half months, I have my money back that I put came to that closing with on a property that will cash flow for almost ever, maybe. And you're still smiling and you're still doing it, and I love it. Three key things, right? Yeah. Get in, get involved in the community that you're working in. Um, there's you don't need a ton of money to get started, and you don't have to do everything yourself. You can delegate and be profitable. True. And still make money, right? It's she's amazing. A she's it doesn't have to. And it doesn't have to be a home a run. A lot of times, people are looking for <clears throat> properties on the north side somewhere where the every property on the on the block is four hundred or five hundred thousand right. dollars. It could be a $150,000 uh, three flat or a $200,000. I think the last one I got was a two twenty five, right? Yeah. But it's a three-unit building. One of the units uh, pays the mortgage. The other two units are cash flowing. Right. And I think a lot of people just like to hear, like, the ticket item number. Like, okay, the acquisition cost is, what, 50000 100000 300000 But mm-hmm. I want you to remember that, again, you're acquiring a company. So the profitability mm-hmm. of the company has no bearing on the initial acquisition cost. So you could buy something for 500000 as long as it's cash flow positive, and you're just going to look at the numbers and analyze the cap rate, right? I got right. a four-unit with $4,000 in cash. Okay. See, so so excited. it's possible. Like, I know they're out secret. there listening, right? <laughs> somebody this is who, true. Who's doing their very first property, and that you can get in for four or five thousand dollars to have a you, cash flowing multi unit property. Your income tax refund that you probably just got three weeks ago. <laughs> you can take that and get it. Yep. It doesn't have to be the best neighborhood in Chicago. Yeah, I, I can't emphasize that enough. You I can don't make necessarily money. think it's about the the neighborhood itself, right? It's right. about profitability margins is mm-hmm. understanding what you want to do and aligning yourself with experts that could guide you through that process. I mean, you lean your you lean on, you know, that type of product in order to get that loan. A lot of people will say, I don't right. want to do hard money loans, but you were able to be resourceful and figure it out. So if you guys can figure it out, anyone mm-hmm. can, right? And your mom started this a long time ago as a single person. So yeah. right. there is opportunities for everyone out there. Where can we get a hold of you? You can look. 
You can find us on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook at The Downing Brothers. T-H-E-D-O-W-N-I-N-G Brothers. The Downing Brothers. And then on HGTV. That's right. right. Double down. Yeah. Celebrities in the coming in. All right. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. I love it. Also, great stuff. See, Nick, I want to see you gardening somewhere and laying tiles in the local neighborhood. I didn't say I can garden. I, I, I'm not a good gardener. I've seen some gardens that I, have like really cute tiles around the pond. I can, can lay you tiles. Lay those? I can lay tiles. By the swamps? All I can help you with. Yes? Yes. Well, great information today. I hope you learned a lot. I, I just want the show to be inspiring and, if anything, motivational because um, I know that a lot of people work every day and they work in these cubes and they're like... Just tired of having a boss and this is like the best thing you can do which is become a property owner and own your own company be an entrepreneur as long as you understand the guidelines of managing people or managing your tenants um, there's a lot of rules and regulations that you have to follow but again align yourself with an attorney that can guide you through this process and seriously it's very rewarding when you can provide home a home for someone and you create that relationship with your tenants and you're able to maintain um, the property and hold on to that you know hold on to those tenants for more than a year or two um, and run a really good company don't you agree nick totally what's the deal with what are your thoughts on buying like a single property or a condo versus a multi-unit for uh investment purposes there's no preference whatsoever it's not like i have i pick this or prefer that over that i mean i guess if you want me to pick one i like the reason if condos are cash flowing then there's less maintenance on a condominium because you have an association built in a management company built in there i mean there's definitely less work when you have less things to take care of on a property, but there's no preference. All lots of information to learn. What are your thoughts on that, Grago? No thoughts. No we got to get to our oh. next segment, guys. Okay. Okay. This segment is okay. brought to you by Trust One Title. Uh, Trust One Title is one of our amazing sponsors here at Market Overdrive. I uh, can't thank you guys enough. Uh, today in our studio, Market Overdrive is going internacional. You like that, See, Nick? You just did it. You just did it again. <laughs> you just turned all Latino on us right in the middle of the segment. We have el Council Eduardo. Eduardo Niño. ¿Cómo está? Muy bien. Buenas tardes. Thank you for Mucho coming gusto. in to Market Overdrive today. Tell Thank us a little bit much. about the Consulate of Mexico here uh, being in Chicago. Okay. As you know, the Consulate General of Mexico in Chicago is the largest Consulate General in uh, Chicago, uh, number one. And we tend to a population of maybe slightly over one and a half million Mexicans who are registered with us at the consulate. And uh, we cover as well a wider population throughout the Midwest, which is uh, well above three and a half million people. Um, within the consulate general, I am the head of the department in charge of community outreach. So I am the consul for community affairs. So in that position, what are, your, what are some of the responsibilities that take over in that? Uh, part of that, the main uh, uh, task that we do is to carry out the mission of what we call IME, El Instituto de los Mexicanos en el Exterior. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is for uh, the Institute for Mexicans uh, Abroad. And uh, uh, they have three main objectives through, the, uh, through my Department of Community Affairs and tending to the community's needs. And that is to help in their integration into their adopted communities. Mm -hmm. um, to help them in uh, guide them uh, in their empowerment and then finally to uh, reaffirm to ensure linkages with Mexico that they maintain uh, that Mexican heritage 
which is so important in, in maintaining an identity. With respect to integrating into a community, what are you seeing with the housing market and how is this uh, community uh, taking advantage of you know, some of the loan programs mm. or just becoming a property owner in, in this country? Uh, well, very specifically, and we're very thankful for this opportunity, uh, both uh, WGN, uh, thank you very much, and Trust One titled especially uh, an important ally of uh, my department uh, as, uh, as community outreach because uh, we do uh, help desks that cover three areas. One covers health and sports. One covers uh, uh, just uh, general um, advice on educational opportunities. But most importantly, with regards to your program now, is uh, the financial desk. So uh, part of the task of integrating uh, our Mexican community uh, into their uh, new uh, home in, uh, in, uh, in this country is uh, to have a financial identity. So we give orientation as to what services are available uh, publicly or privately, uh, how to uh, improve their credit rating and that people understand the value of maintaining a good uh, credit score. And then, of course, that they are aware of the whole process of uh, acquiring a home, mortgages, uh, etc., um, many times people fall through the cracks in the process of purchasing a home, for instance, and people find that they come to the uh, closing of an operation and they haven't taken into account that they may, there might be additional charges to be covered and people are totally unprepared for that. And that comes from a basic knowledge of exactly how the process works. Quick question. Um, under an assumption, and you'll, you'll answer this, the recreational and the sports that's kind of a constant thing that's all constantly going um but these seminars or whatever educational uh, platforms you could put out for finance is that done regularly like on a, every month every every quarter how often is that happening and um mm-hmm. so people are aware of like they can go more than once to get more information you never right. understand everything one time so it's like Yes. Repeating it. Yes. The financial help desk uh, at the consulate is open uh, all day long. Oh. When we're there. So just calling it questions. Exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and it's just uh, people may just walk in. Okay. And we are ha- happy to provide information. Oh, cool. I uh, love this. So this is an effort called financial identity, where you're teaching people or just residents or, mm-hmm. or Mexican immigrants on how to become or how to secure credit, how to secure a loan. And then you do this through just ongoing walk-in services. So someone can literally walk in there and not have to sign up for anything? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that is, uh, for instance, there is one coordinator mm-hmm. of the financial um, uh, help window. And uh, he has assistance, and that is inside our office uh, um, upstairs. But at the general public area where people come to do their documents, their passports and their consular IDs, etc., there is permanently uh, one of our allies or two or three of our allies, as, for instance, the work that we do with Trust One Title, is we also do that with other allies, and they come and they use our desk space to be there for the public who wish to make very specific, very point, uh, I've straight to the point. That, actually, I've Question. been there. Sal Cicero has taken me down to the consulate a couple times, and I've been able to experience it. He has his little corner area where he just sits there, and you have people that people are there come just in coming with questions, up to him with they questions. need help, and they, they want to question, talk yeah. to a professional that knows specifics. Yeah. Whether you're investing money in the stock market or buying a house or whatever it might be, they want some 
it's very education. practical. Yeah. It's very practical precisely because people are waiting for the passport to be processed, for the consular ID to be processed, and people are milling around for 20 minutes perhaps. So then they approach the health window, they approach the financial information This window. is on the weekends too, right? And then we have probably on the weekends, I would assume. Uh, we have uh, a couple of times per month uh, mm -hmm. occasionally. This is as uh, as we if we identify a need we work on Saturdays, half day, tending to the public. Right. But very importantly, let me, um, let me inform you that from the 1st of April to the 6th, we are holding a financial fair. Okay. And during this financial fair, we work with <coughs> allies and we uh, schedule events, uh, which are sort of uh, briefing sessions, both for allies. We have uh, financial sector officials coming from Mexico City to do training programs to try to replicate uh, information uh, so that people don't necessarily need to come to the consulate. We work with allies uh, throughout the Chicagoland area. As you know, it's, it's, it's such an extended um, population uh, For sure. that we serve. Yeah, it's a very dominant and very powerful uh, with respect to consumer-based uh, market. So can you tell us a little mm. bit more about this community? How are they um, How are they? Are they really taking advantage of some of the programs that are available for home ownership, or are we seeing that Latinos as a whole are not making that move? Have they, you know, ex have they mm -hmm. kind of survived that crash and are now making more purchases? Um, I'm not a financial specialist, and really the, the, the objective of our department is that community outreach. But what I have noticed uh, is that um, home purchasing by Mexicans is count, uh, kind of counter-cyclical because uh, there is an intent to purchase, an intent to own property, regardless of whether it's the right time to purchase or if we're Market conditions aren't what's bearing. It's exactly. just the, the need to own, and exactly. they're constantly... You know, I, I can jump in and answer that question in a broken way. Well, no, I, I have studied this a lot about Hispanic growth, and now Hispanic is all encumbering, not just Mexican, but also other races. But as everybody knows, Mexican is the is like 75% of the Latino population in Chicago. But they project in 2020 that Hispanics will be 52% of the buying market. That's Answer huge. that. Yeah. So that's a big number. Yes. So education is very important. So if someone were to seek that information, do they? Is there a number that they can call so they can have accessibility to this? Oh yes, it's the easiest thing in the world. If you Google Consulate General of Mexico, either in English or in Spanish, Consulado General de México, you go directly to our page. <laughs> and for instance, all the events that we've scheduled for our financial week are there, posted there, uh, and many other events that we do community events, uh, again, regarding education and regarding sports, for instance. Love it. Great information. Good stuff. So Thank as you. you see, we have a very diverse group of guests here today to inform you and guide you. And there's tons of help. I mean, there's no reason why people should be in the dark about anything these days. If you go online, you can Google anything. And more importantly, I love that you have this service for the community because I think that once you go to other organizations and the, the, the format it's not in your language it's kind of watered down and people just don't get it and they feel like you know even though the services are there if it's not in your, 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 your language then you can't learn from it so what are some words of encouragement or any advice you can give to any of our listeners who are on the sidelines concerned I mean there's a lot of 
I don't know, like there's a lot of negative media out there about home ownership and just being part of, you know, this mm-hmm. country or just assimilating. What is your one advice that you can give to our audience as far as coming out and and really, you know, tapping into that dream home um, or buying that dream home and not being afraid of anything? I can say um, two very important um, factors here. One would be that uh, we speak to Mexicans in Spanish, naturally, and so there is not a language barrier. And we are facilitating access to information in that way. And uh, secondly, and I think it's also very important, the services uh, and the allies uh, whom we work with are basically non-profit organizations. And then when the uh, when it's private sector enterprises that we work with, we make sure that rates are fair, that practices are fair. So the, uh, the Community Affairs Department is vouching for the agencies whom we work with. And we can guide our nationals, Mexicans here in the Chicagoland area, as to what services uh, are available and are trustworthy, where they are getting, uh, getting uh, not just uh, quality, but also uh, services at the lowest possible price. So you're like another checkpoint. And I love that you share that because our friends at, from Trust One actually facilitated this interview and made uh, you know, your mm-hmm. visit here possible. But I love that because in the buying transaction process, a lot of people forget that there's a lot of checks and balances, right? Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you're saying that you're going to introduce a trustworthy professionals to your community when it comes to financing, when it comes to understanding a, a purchase contract. Mm-hmm. It's very overwhelming for someone because they're always afraid, right? There's that big mortgage payment, that's that big loan amount. And so you are able to water down that process and actually kind of guide them and just be there to to make sure that they understand that they're protected and they understand the process. Because when you're transacting in a foreign country, everything else seems overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're feeling or seeing in the community? Um, not exactly. I mean, I, I can agree with you. Um, you're, you're right in many respects. However, there's an important point Uh I find a bit of the opposite. We have to get people to slow down a bit because most uh, 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 Mexicans, and especially people who are newer arrivals in, in, uh, in the Chicagoland area, they are eager to purchase, regardless, as I've said before, of market situations. They are uh, uh, not quite aware of the costs which are implied or of uh, getting into the commitment of a 30-year mortgage or a 20-year mortgage. And uh, people are eager to get into these uh, uh, arrangements and it's a way of falling into traps uh, a couple years down the road. Mm. So that is the, the, the usefulness that we do. It's not so much to encourage, but also to proceed with caution. Great, cool. great, thank you. I mean, obviously, that's good to hear, though, that you have a very active community that is seeking to mm-hmm. buy and, and become residents of Chicago, not just here, but also, you know, with purchasing a property and, and anchoring and putting roots down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with you. People should make make these purchases with knowledge and understanding exactly. of what kind of commitments they're getting into and understanding the legalities behind it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, you transact in this community a ton. I mean, historically, that's been... Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an amazing community, and he was he hit on the head market conditions, and we've had uh, group discussions as a team. Um, we do are fortunate enough to have a lot of Latino loan officers that deal with. Obviously, most of the clients are Mexican, and um, over the years, twenty four years, I've seen it where certain parts of the market cool down, but the Latino market keeps moving forward. Regardless. Um, and I've always told that to the staff that listen, 
as long as things are make sense, it's not just buying a home for the investment. They are great calculated gamblers when it comes to business. If they take money out of a house to open up a business because they're confident it's going to succeed, they take those chances. Or we just had you know the Downey brothers here. They can attest to this. If you bought a property a while back, you have some equity. They take it out to go buy the next one because there's a great opportunity. They're very active is what I'm trying to say, and I've always applauded them for that. Council Eduardo, thank you for coming in. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. So you got to get going to your next appointment. Thank Thank you very much. We're going to come see you. Please do. Look at you with that stats. You got stats out, stats out, stats, (laughs) bro. Stacks or stats? I'm not just an ugly face. I'm also a statistician. Oh, wow. You are an ugly face. Yeah. Don't hate. I I love to hear more about the community, though, right? Because I, we always feel like everybody wants to generalize the community and say, oh, you know, they're, they don't know the process very well, but mm-hmm. they're a hardworking community. And one of the things that they're they, we do... They're a big part of our community. It's a big part of the community, but not only that, it's like, I think that success to us is to have a home for our children. I think right. culturally, that's one of the things where in Latin America, you buy a property, but you don't use financing. You just buy a cash. The American dream, it. the American dream on the outside, not for us that are born and raised here, but on the outside is I want to get to America. I want to prosper. I want to do better than what I'm doing here. I want to own a piece of property. I want to own the piece of the country. Right. And it's, it's you know, it's got to be done and market conditions you know, we can get finicky because we're entrenched in data and oh, it's better to buy next month than this month or whatever the case is. But uh, those people are just looking for the opportunity and they want to finally do it. And I think that that's a, sometimes that's better than uh, trying to overthink the process. You know? I love the message, though. I think the message was very unique. And it was that to, to do it and be aggressive and do attain those goals, but also sure. be cautious about it and be understanding of the process. Because I know a lot of people get into these mortgages and they really didn't understand, you know, what is the mortgage, not just the mortgage payment, but what is the escrow and what's in the escrow, like mortgage insurance, like insurance, right. and then property taxes and <coughs> how is that paid? And then they're like at closing and then they don't even know where to send their payments. Yeah. I'm just jealous that the Mexican community has something like that. You know, the Albanian community are constantly... The what community I'm Albanian, what I am. It would have been like, you know, just some guy in the back of Dunkin' Donuts. What do you got? What do you, do? What do you got here? I think here? you guys what's, are what's your up? own communities. You, know? you do it was like, your you know, own some, some cab driver from Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to be an attorney for the day. I'm going to represent what, myself. I'm going to be a realtor did, for the day. I'm going to represent myself. We don't have a fancy consulate and smart, educated people like like our guests that we just hear. So, you know, what about introducing our other host? Hello, Joel. How are you? Hey, welcome back. I'm so happy to be here. This is one of the times that we really are proving on Market Overdrive that we're talking about giving back. Yeah. And we're really tune in and elevate your real estate IQ. And we just did that in the last segment. Don't you love that about the, the park or the community parks that they created for themselves out there? That's yeah. amazing. We need a garden. Totally caught me off guard. Like I, I was like, I never even thought about that. I've been doing this for a <laughs> long time. I'm just worried that you're going to call Home Depot and say, <laughs> hey, can you come can and you bring build, me some stuff you do my- in my backyard? <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> Ding dong. See, sorry, it's a joke. idea. Um, go ahead and introduce your guest. Well, one of the things that we're talking about when we say 2019 market overdrive, and we're talking about literally tuning in and elevating your real estate IQ. This is one of the reasons I'm so excited to have my guest today is that we're talking about building a brand and doing something different. Especially, Carla, you see it now. There are so many real estate agents, right? 
Everywhere. Right? Everywhere. Nick, do we have a lot of mortgage professionals, Everywhere. right? Everywhere. Everyone's got a cousin or a, or, a, or a close friend that does it, and you're like, oh, here we go. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so what are the people that are really in it for the long haul doing? They're building a brand, and they're differentiating themselves. So today I have David Jablonowski. He's from At Properties, and he's doing it right. He's really doing something different, and we're talking about differentiating ourselves. So I'll, tune it, uh, or I'll turn it over to David. Tell us about yourself and this brand that you've created. What are you doing that's so different? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me. I appreciate uh, you having me here. Um, I worked, just as a point of background, in marketing and advertising for 20 years before I moved into uh, into real estate. And so branding was something that was really ingrained in, in everything that we did. Uh, and that's something that I, I brought over to my real estate practice. Um, I knew, because I'm a realtor later in life, uh, so to speak, um, I knew that I wasn't necessarily going to be seen as an expert in a specific neighborhood or, um, or you know, community. So I said, there's got to be a way to differentiate myself. And so I looked to my passions and I looked to my interests. And my passion and my interest is in interior design. So I offer buyers and sellers interior design uh, consulting, whether that is taking them as a buyer to go pick out tile or countertops uh, paint colors, things like that, or as sellers to help stage their home. And I've even used some of my own personal property in their homes to stage. Uh, and it's just, it's been very fun for me. I love that because it just, it doesn't just speak of you being different or how do, how you're going to, you know, run your business differently, but it's, it's talking about the kind of customer service that you provide your clients, right? A lot of realtors will put property on the market, but here you are taking it to the next level. Why do you think that's important when people are selling their properties? Well, I think as we were talking earlier, there are so many real estate agents uh, in in the city, and you really have to remember that this is a relationship that is not just for the life cycle of of the purchase of a home or the sale of a home. So you really want to make sure that you are building a relationship with these people. And one of the ways to do that is to ingratiate yourself into their beautiful homes. And as one of your previous guests was talking about, Trends change all the time. So that's a way for you to continue the conversation with them and just say like, hey, this is kind of interesting. I saw this. This reminded me of your living room, of your dining room, of your bedroom, what have you. Uh, or have you thought about this? I know you're thinking about updating your bathrooms. Well, here's an article on 10 trends that are, are very highly saleable. And those things are working, right? When you're out there and you're actually having these types of communications with buyers and sellers, it resonates a lot more than just talking about purely price and payment, right? When you're talking to somebody and you actually can create that relationship, you're going to get what? More referrals, right? So talk to us about how you're doing this because it's not just one transaction at a time. You're building a brand. Yeah, I think, you know, it it goes down to the details, really. And you have to think about every single element of 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 a transaction. And so I try every day in my in my real estate practice to be thorough and thoughtful. And I consider that to be kind of the art and the science of of real estate. So you have to be thorough. That's the that's the science, right? You have to make sure that all the forms are, are completed and all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed, um, but you have to be thoughtful as well, uh, and that's making sure that you are 
taking care of, of their mental health as, as well. Uh, you know, we are one part uh, therapist in our, in our job. Talk to Nick for a while then. He sometimes <laughs> needs a therapist. I mean, you just on any given day, you never know what happens. He could literally lay on the couch and uh, or you could also be the therapist too, right? Oh, both. You, we both. do it? Yeah. No, you, you definitely. Oh my God, is Joel taking it? Jab at you. I love it. I'm just messing with you. Take, no, that's I, not a jab. I didn't, I didn't take a jab. No, baby. I thought you needed therapy, but okay. No, I, I, would say, I, I would take the jab. I think what he's saying is that, yeah, those days can get tough, and then they, the clients are, especially first-timers, are paranoid, and um, it could be draining on you as the professional because you feel like you've sometimes repeated yourself several times, uh, but the paranoia overtakes the hearing. And, you know, I, yeah, you're a therapist. There's Absolutely. no doubt about it. Aside from therapy, can I go back and expand mm -hmm. on that art and science? Because I think that people who are listening um, should understand what you mean by that, right? When it comes to listing a property, the science is understanding the numbers, how long the property is going to stay on the market and pricing, right? But then the art is what you do, which is something different from what everybody else is doing. Um, what are you advising people to do with respect to designing their home to sell? You know, obviously, and this will come as no surprise to you or any of your listeners, um, decluttering and depersonalizing a property is really important, really making it look like a model home. And you have to remind people that we don't live in our homes when we're selling them the same way we live in them the rest of the year. And once you get people over that hump, then they're okay. They're, they understand this isn't personal. And I usually ask them to take a step back and say, if you were buying this home right now, what would you change? What would what would give you pause before moving forward on this property? Or if you were staying here, conversely, for another five or ten years, what what updates would you make? And you have to remember that, especially in 2009, we're looking at a lot of buyers who really want turnkey products. So they want the beautiful white or gray kitchens. They want you know all of of the kind of modern amenities and. And that's just, you know, that's the mindset that we have to put ourselves in as sellers. Yeah, and I think that there's that struggle when it comes to working with a 10-year realtor or 10-year professional versus somebody who's new who is just going to tell someone what they want to hear and just be yes and and do these things. And then you find yourself on the market for a very long time because you're not communicating um, your expertise to this pot uh, potential seller, per se. Um, but when it comes to, like, decluttering, I think it's very important. I think people get really attached to their proper to their furniture. Um, I had cases where people have, like, this, this big old, like, you know, L-shaped couch, and then they have two more chairs, and it's... It's like, you know, another table in the middle and another lamp, and it's just a bunch of pictures of everybody. So what is your advice when it comes to decluttering? I think it's important to kind of take a step back and, and like I said earlier, just depersonalize the process. Go in, and if you can't, if you really can't detach yourself from your from your items from your property, then you have to go to the math and just say, I need to get rid of 50% of what is in this room. So just start somewhere. Um, people will open closets. They're going to open your refrigerator. I, you have to declutter everything. And you want to make sure that someone coming into a, a property doesn't think that you're already outgrowing it. And so uh, am I worried that I will outgrow this property too quickly? Um, it's it's not easy. And so that's why I'll, I'm happy to be there and kind of hold their hand and walk through. Uh, but usually I say the rule of 50%, and that seems like a lot, yeah. but it's really important. You want that breathing room. 
David, I like that message because I think I completely agree with it. I mean, um, people are there to see the property. And I know a lot of realtors say envision themselves in the space. But what people are not really advising their clients to do is to walk through that property as if you were the potential buyer. So if you know you don't have enough closet space, then don't make it obvious to that potential buyer. Don't start stocking your groceries into one of the closets and then your your coats into one of the closets because then the potential buyer is going to say, oh, my gosh, there's no closets, right? Right. Um, Because the next person... It may not need a ton of clauses, but if your property doesn't have a ton of storage, then just remove. I mean, sometimes 100% to 75% of your personal items because you're moving anyway. I think it's, you know, one of the things that's also kind of hard to hear, but I will tell people it's worth the money to spend on an external storage unit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially depending on, you know, what the level of, of clutter is. And here's the thing. Clutter eats equity. And so that. Three-word phrase. Like Tagline wow, in that one. I'm like stealing that. it. Oh, the preppy realtor, that's done. I'm taking a trademark. <laughs> Clutter eats equity. It, you know, <laughs> once you kind of put it really, you know, that's where I get a little bit more science than art. If you have to give the, the little tough love, people understand that and they want they want the most amount of money in their property. So you have to you have to remember that. I really like what you're saying there. And when you can actually break it down and talk about taking half of something and taking it out of your house, uh, it may be a daunting task. But when you put it in dollars and cents terms, truly, what do you see when you walk into a house that's full? It's really hard to see yourself living in that place. It also looks small. It does. It looks smaller than it probably is when it's too jammed up. Have you ever been in a hoarder's house? I've done a couple, like, walk through some, like, okay. short sales that I want to buy. Have you ever walked into a hoarder's house? I've yes. seen it on appraisals, yeah. I you have literally see seen 3,000 square feet feel like it's a studio because it's so cluttered. I mean, that's excessive clutter. But, yeah, when it's overfilled, you feel like you're yeah. like there's nothing here. So you created some value here, Dave, and I also want to touch on one more thing about the actual branding. So can you tell us, you have a tagline, I think Nick just said it, but just tell us a little bit more about what you have created with this branding and the name and the thoughtfulness behind that. Sure. So uh, I kind of anecdotally go by the Preppy Realtor. Um, it's it's just a, honestly, it was a fun, silly way for me to have people remember who I was. Uh, I think if you walk up and down any Chicago street and you see 510 for sale signs, you'll see, you know, the X group, the Y group, this person, that person. People don't necessarily remember all the names. So I wanted something that was a little catchy. Uh, and it's just part of my uh, East Coast heritage. I was born and raised in Massachusetts and New York and spent uh, the first part of my life out there. So it's, it's, uh, it was an easy transition because that's who I am. And you look so good. One of the days where there's somebody on the uh, show that, uh, <laughs> well, Nick's always looking good, okay? We know that. No, nah, man, you're the one. You always got the fancy Stop jackets. It. I like that jacket, actually. But you look great, and that's a Thank really you. good thing that people can do to differentiate themselves, because you're right. It is about names and companies, and if you could really get into somebody's uh, life and they continue to see a brand... Those are the companies that are going to succeed. And those are the realtors that in years five and ten from now, they're still going to have a brand. It's not just brand, though. It's added service. Mm-hmm. He specifically told you he helps with design. And a lot of realtors don't even bother. They're like, well, I'm going to help you buy and sell. And he's literally g- giving you what would cost you money. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's not going down the depth of a full-blown interior designer, but you're doing 
a service to people that you don't have to. I, I give each. I give a, a buyer six hours of time, and I give a, a seller six hours go. of there's, time. There's a lot so, of cost in that. Well, and you know, I, I try to put a limit on it. Of course, you know, if it's if if it needs more, I'm I'm going to do that. But right. it does kind of quantify the the offering. Serious added value. Serious, serious added value. Joe, where do you find these good guests, man? Well, here's the thing. I'm all about branding and giving back. And the whole idea about 2019 was bringing people on WGN Market Overdrive that were uh, creating value for the people that are listening and so that we can continue to grow our market share. Good stuff. Good stuff. I love it. Love it. Carla Mina. Yes. How are we doing? We wrapping this story doing great. up? Great. Let's I think do we've this. done yes. well over 45 minutes. Whoa. Wow, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> We're going to get fired. They're going to can us. They're going to kick us out of WGN. <laughs> we got no time. That's what WGN stands for. We, we got, got no, no time. TWNT. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys for doing that bromance thing, complimenting mm-hmm. each other on each on the clothing. You never compliment my clothing? Because it's not good. Okay. No. Oh, sorry. So he literally <laughs> called me and was talking crap about my, um, my sweater. Carla always wears pink or salmon. She <laughs> Like really, really constantly. I don't think he appreciates my femininity. No, I appreciate it. Say it correct. Anyway, thank you so much for hanging out with us again. Yet another uh, episode. Is it segment episode? I never know what to say. But market overdrive. I love that we're getting such diverse information. And um, I'm sorry, what's going on? Before we go, let's just make sure that we can (laughs) let David know uh, the people that are listening and the people that are watching. David, tell us where they can find you and start with a phone number. Yep, absolutely. I'm at seven seven three eight five two three two eight three. Believe it or not, that is seven seven three TLC Dave. I did not pick that. Oh, come on! I swear to God. <laughs> I love that. Clutter so kills cool. equity. That's right. TLC equity. Dave, you just come in guns blazing. <laughs> I try. Yeah, bring, bring him back. Yeah, exactly. Like this. This is, this exactly. Is, this, he's great. And I you like can this. find me on elegant. Instagram. I'm on Instagram at, at Preppy Realtor. And on Facebook at Preppy Realtor as well. Preppy? I mean, Nick, he's got you. I, mean, <laughs> I was about to ask him if he wants to be my new co-host. <laughs> but hey, we can work sorry, something we can, out. We can His work suits that out. are way better. Than, yeah, that's very elegant. I love that jacket. Show, show us your jacket. Can they see that? I don't oh, know. yeah. Yeah, we it's can see there. it. Yeah, it looks great. looks great. What do you we got to wrap wearing? this up. No, I'm just wearing a black shirt. I'm wearing a black button-down shirt. That's it. Very simple. <laughs> and thanks, Joe Shop, again, once again, for coming through. Great yeah. job, Joe. Um, we'll you see guys. you, obviously, again uh, following week when we're back on the air. But you can catch this show on every single one of our shows on all of our social channels your channel excuse me channels you're probably watching this right now on facebook live you can also see this show cleaned up made all pretty and cataloged on youtube along with our website www.marketoverdrive.com as well as uh twitter and i'm missing one oh the wgm podcast go to the wgm website go to their podcast go to itunes and you could also download and subscribe to our podcast there and get these things just dropped straight into your phone on a regular basis. Other than that, we'll be back two Thursdays from now. Not next Thursday, but the following one. Am I right? Oh, we might be back next <laughs> Thursday. Hey, we'll let you know when we come back. It'll just pop up on your phone, but we'll be back. Oh my gosh, um, we're horrible today. Thanks, and we'll see you then.